Welcome to our podcast. It's great to have you with us. I'm Father Patrick Wainwright. In today's episode, we will continue with the development of the creed of our Catholic faith. Starting up where we left off on episode 39, where we spoke about the second coming of Christ. In the creed, we affirm our faith in the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Holy Trinity. So we will talk about him today and in our next episode. Many times young people express their concern to me about how difficult it is to be holy. We see our limitations, the difficulties we have to face daily, and we seriously question our real ability to become saints. We sometimes wonder how the saints came to be saints. Some of them were very simple people, normal people, maybe not your typically perceived material for sainthood. You have, for example, Blessed Carlo Acutis. He was born in May 1991. His parents were Catholic, but not very fervent in the practice of their faith. He lived primarily in Italy. So it is very difficult to explain, from a merely human point of view, how he turned out to be so devout at an early age, being that his parents were not that devout and how he grew particularly in devotion to the Holy Eucharist. He would try to attend the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass daily, if possible, praying before the Holy Tabernacle frequently, and even designing a website where he describes the different Eucharistic miracles that have occurred throughout the world. Being from a wealthy family, it is surprising to see the concern he had for the poor and the destitute in society. Finally, many wondered at the peaceful attitude with which he embraced the terrible news he received when he was told he had leukemia and would not live long. Now, this young man passed away in October 2006 at the age of 15, and he was beatified on October 2020. His life of virtue, his prayer, and his holiness were not the typical fruit of our modern society, nor was it the natural development of his built-in talents or, or abilities. In his case, we can clearly see how his holiness was the fruit of the action of the Holy Spirit, who is the one who works out our salvation and our sanctification. So if you want to be a saint you should have a deep devotion to the Holy Spirit. He is the one who makes us grow in holiness. He is the one who opens our mind to understand the Word of God, who helps us discern the will of God, who guides us interiorly every day of our lives. He is the one who guides the Catholic Church, who sanctifies it, and who gives the Church the power to teach the truth infallibly and to be a channel of sanctification in the world. Now, in the Old Testament, God revealed primarily His own existence, His divinity, His almighty power, and His knowledge. However, He also began to reveal the plurality of persons within the Godhead. That is, already in the Old Testament, God began to manifest in a hidden way. He began to give hints of the fact that there are three persons in God. 
one God and three persons. And these three persons are the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So God begins to give a hint already in the Old Testament of the existence of the Holy Spirit, which is what we're going to develop today. In Genesis 18, verses 1 through 15, we read, The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oak of Manri, as he sat in the entrance of his tent. So, while it is God who appears to Abraham, he is described as three men that show up. So, this is understood by many ancient writers to be a foreshadowing of the Holy Trinity and therefore of the existence of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We also read about the Spirit of God in different moments. In the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 1, right from the start, we read that the Holy Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. Also, in the first book of Samuel, 1 Samuel, chapter 10, verse 10, we read how the Spirit of God came mightily upon Saul, and he prophesied, together with the other prophets. And similarly, in many other passages, where the existence of the Holy Spirit is implicitly revealed. So, it is revealed, but not in an explicit way. Just implicitly, right? However, it is in the New Testament that God reveals explicitly the existence of the third person of the Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit. We see, for example, in Luke chapter 3, verse 22, we read that when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. Our Lord Jesus Christ himself clearly revealed the existence of the Holy Spirit to the apostles and even described some of the things that he would do. In John chapter 14, verse 26, during the Last Supper, he said, The Advocate, the Holy Spirit that the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have told you. Also in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, and you can check all these verses in the scriptures, that would be great, so as to get more familiarized with these uh, verses. There in Acts 1, Verse 8, our Lord tells his disciples that they will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon them, and they will be his witnesses in Jerusalem and to the ends of the earth. Finally, St. Paul says that the Holy Spirit teaches us how to pray. He writes to the Romans, chapter 8, verse 28, 26. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. So there's many more references to the Holy Spirit in scriptures, particularly in the New Testament, but they are too many to quote here, so I'll leave you with those. Now to start to talk about the Holy Spirit and describe a little bit about his mission, let us look at the names that are given him in the scriptures and the different symbols by which the third person of the Holy Trinity is described. This will help us know what kind of work the Holy Spirit can do in the church and in our own personal souls. 
The first and most common name is the Holy Spirit. It is also called the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord, or simply the Spirit of Christ. A name used by Christ in the Gospel of St. John, chapter 14, verse 16, is Paraclete, which is translated sometimes as Counselor or Consoler or sometimes Advocate. But if we were to translate it properly as a phrase, it would mean the one who stands at your side. That is the Holy Spirit, the Paraclete, the one who stands at your side. In John chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus calls him the Spirit of truth, and he will lead us to all truth. Further on, St. Paul, in the letter to the Romans, chapter 8, verse 16, calls him the Spirit of adoption, because through it, through the Holy Spirit, we are made children of God, and we can truly call, call God our Father. Now, some of the symbols used in the scriptures to manifest the Holy Spirit are, first of all, water that cleanses, that purifies, that gives life, and flows from the wellspring of grace. It is also described as anointing with oil by which we are strengthened and consecrated by God. Jesus is properly called the Messiah or the Christ, which means anointed, because he is anointed by the Holy Spirit to fulfill his mission as a savior and as a priest. And we can read more about that in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 695. Very much connected with this anointing of the Holy Spirit, there is the symbolism of the imposition of hands or the laying on of hands by which the apostles and their successors indicated the intentional calling down of the Holy Spirit on certain things or certain people. This is why the action of laying hands on someone has been generally reserved in the church to be used by ordained ministers, particularly bishops, priests, and deacons. In the case of the sacraments, for example, the ordination of a priest, or, for example, in baptism, or the anointing of the sick, or in confirmation, but also in the, lay, in the uh, blessings. When one doesn't give us a blessing, you lay hands on the person you're going to bless. And that's what the priests typically do. And we can read more about that in the Catechism as well, 699 and 1556. Those are the numbers of the Catechisms where you can find a little bit more about the laying on of hands. The Holy Spirit is also symbolized by fire, as we read in Pentecost. It came down on the apostles like tongues of fire that gives us interior strength, purifies us, and gives us warmth of God. It is also symbolized by a cloud that is full of light, like in the Transfiguration. And finally, as a dove that symbolizes purity and its agility and how it can travel from man to God and from God to man, and this especially seen in the baptism of the Lord. Now, by revealing and sending the Holy Spirit upon the world, God has revealed his inmost being. And this is important to go a little deeper in the meaning of this revelation of the Holy Spirit, right? 
it's not just oh god revealed the holy spirit so you know well we just that's we we take it for granted so to speak but in reality god is giving us to know more about himself he shares with us his interior lives he shows us how god is and he is not an isolated being almost an individualistic entity we could say he's not that on the contrary god manifests his interior life and his mani- he manifests himself in a plurality of persons. From a human perspective, we could say like a community, like a family almost, right? He reveals himself as a fa- father, son, and Holy Spirit. Each person is divine, co-eternal, infinite, almighty, and consubstantial with the other two. So there's one God and three persons. And God, in his divine goodness and infinite mercy toward us, has manifested that to us. He has made it known to us. And how does this happen that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit proceed from one another? St. Thomas Aquinas explains a little bit more in depth in his theology, let's say. So the Father, he says, contemplates himself in his eternal being for all eternity. And the image he has of himself is the Son, the Word, the image of the Father. Also in Greek, we call it the Logos. So the Son is begotten from all eternity by the way of the intelligence of God, says St. Thomas Aquinas. And finally, the Father loves that image of himself, which is the Son. And that eternal love between the Father and the Son is itself That love is itself the third person of the Holy Trinity. That is the Holy Spirit. So this is, again, the explanation offered by St. Thomas Aquinas. There can be different perceptions or understandings of this mystery. It's a mystery. We will never completely understand it. But we can say that. that The Son proceeds from the Father by way of the intelligence, and the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son by way of the will. Right? So... The Son is the image or logos or word of the Father. The Holy Spirit is the love of the Father and the Son. This does not only explain how the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son, but also tells us a little bit more about the mission of the Holy Spirit in the world. The Holy Spirit spoke through the prophets in the Old Testament. And he inspired the sacred writers to write the books of the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament books. He brought about the incarnation of the Son of God in the womb of the Virgin Mary. He anointed Jesus as the Messiah or Christ. He also led Jesus toward the desert at the beginning of his uh, public ministry. And then he became, he came, the Holy Spirit came visibly on the apostles after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ giving a visible beginning to the church established by Christ on the apostles. Since then, the Holy Spirit continues to work in the world in two ways. And these two ways we're going to briefly mention now and describe them more next episode. First, by being, as it were, the soul of the Catholic Church, assisting its magisterium so that it will keep, transmit, and teach faithfully all the revealed truths given by God to man. It also gives union, unity to the church, and it makes it holy 
especially through the sanctifying work of the sacraments. Secondly, the Holy Spirit works in the world, sanctifying the individual faithful, the individual soul, giving them a share in the divine life, giving the baptized persons a share in the divine life. That divine life is what we call sanctifying grace, and that happens primarily, that sharing of the divine grace to the individual person happens primarily through the sacrament of baptism. The Holy Spirit also sanctifies us by inspiring in us good works, holy desires and thoughts. He also gives us the strength to fulfill those desires, and He brings them to perfection. So as you see, the Holy Spirit works in us our salvation, our sanctification. He helps us do have good thoughts, good desires, and good works. So it is by the work of the Holy Spirit, both in the church and in the individual soul, that we can be holy. Holiness is actually the work of the Holy Spirit in you more than the fruit of your own efforts. Your efforts, your sacrifices, your self-denial is definitely very important. But all that would amount to nothing without the work of the Holy Spirit in your soul. And this is how many men and women achieved holiness. Even if by nature they weren't inclined to holiness or to religiosity, we could say. And another great example, we mentioned Blessed Carlo Acutis earlier. And another great example uh, that is, you see the action of the Holy Spirit very clearly, is the life of St. Francis Xavier. He was a college student, like I hope most of the people who listen to this podcast. And when he was a college student, he met St. Ignatius of Loyola. At that point in time, his main concerns were about worldly things and worldly success. It was the prayers of St. Ignatius his words and examples, but above all, the action of the Holy Spirit in his heart that made St. Francis, Francis Xavier slowly but surely turn his heart to God, open himself to the action of the Holy Spirit, and eventually desire to commit his entire life to Christ in a way that those who knew him before would never have imagined. Later, as a member of the Society of Jesus, while he was doing a very simple task as a secretary to St. Ignatius of Loyola, he was, from almost from one day to another, sent as a missionary to the East Indies, and at times converted and baptized so many people that they had to hold up his arm so that he could continue baptizing, so exhausted he was. He finally died, being around 45 years old, and had evangelized thousands of people, and he is now the patron of all missions, something those who knew him as a college student would have never imagined. So there is no doubt that his life and holiness was a fruit of the action of the Holy Spirit. And this is why I say that you can be a saint as well. Maybe not in the flashy, amazing way of St. Francis Xavier or St. Teresa of Avila, of St. Paul or St. Peter, but in your own way, or better, in the way God has planned for you. So, yes, you can be a saint if you open your heart and your life to the Holy Spirit. And one good way of doing that, of opening ourselves to the Holy Spirit, 
is to say any prayer that you know to the Holy Spirit. Whenever you're tempted, whenever you're discouraged, or whenever you want inspiration, strength, or light from on high. Now, although you can say any prayer you want, a very good prayer, very traditional prayer to say, is this one that I'm going to read now. I'm going to pray now, and you can pray with me to the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy Spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who instructed the hearts of thy faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us by that same Spirit to be truly wise and ever to rejoice in his consolation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you can share it with many of your friends to encourage them also to grow in holiness and open their hearts to the Holy Spirit. If you have any questions about this or any other episode, don't hesitate to send me an email at info at fourcollegecatholics.org. I'd love to hear from you, and if you can, leave a review on Apple Podcasts to encourage others to listen as well. Next episode, we will speak a little bit more about the Holy Spirit, in particular, how He works in the church and in the individual soul. So may God bless you, and we will see you next time.